Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here today. I'm going to be previewing Chiefs, Eagles, Super Bowl. Then I'm going to talk about what is next for the two losers of championship weekend. What's next for the 49ers? What's next for the Bengals? Then I talked about the Cowboys firing Kellen Moore to the Chargers gain what that means for the Cowboys offense and for them moving forward. And then I'm going to get into Chandler Parsons dot comparison to LeBron at the end. So stick around for that. But first, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And for those of you who don't know Aaron Rodgers, every Tuesday does his weekly podcast update with on the Pat McAfee show. So that just happened. And it's always an interesting, interesting listen, uh, listening to Aaron Rodgers. Always gives you some great content to talk about. So why not include that into today's show? Aaron Rodgers. Talked about a lot, but just some of the few key takeaways for football is that he is still thinking about one of the two decisions. He'll feel more confidently about that in a couple of weeks. Of course, one of those two decisions is I one what two decisions are either playing again this year or retiring. Uh, so we'll see which way he feels more strongly about that in a couple of weeks, probably after the Super Bowl. Nobody likes to you know be a distraction before the Super Bowl. Tom Brady didn't like that last year with his retirement. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the same way. Uh, those type of announcements, whether to play or not play, will be after the Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers also said something I thought was very interesting. That was this. that It sounds like there's already conversations going on that aren't involving me, again, Aaron Rodgers, which are interesting. He says he's not a part of those conversations right now. That, to me, is the biggest takeaway. Because it's been reported that, you know, it feels like Aaron Rodgers sort of wants to come back. He wants to re- retire a Packer, be a Packer for his whole career. Who wants to leave $100 million on the table if you're Aaron Rodgers? And it sort of seems like the Packers want to trade Aaron Rodgers. This is sort of the last time they can trade him and get any compensa- real compensation back uh, for him. So I totally get uh, the Packers doing that, but again, it's nice that Aaron Rodgers basically just sort of confirmed that, that, you know, the Packers are having those conversations without Aaron Rodgers, unlike years past where they want Aaron Rodgers in on these conversations. They want them all in. They sort of don't care anymore. I think they've had enough. I think they realize, hey, we need this. Uh, let's get some draft capital for Aaron Rodgers. So just in case Jordan Love doesn't pan out, we can give him a year again. If he doesn't work, then we'll draft a new guy. But I think the Packers are being honest with themselves. Uh, and, of course, Packers fans are never honest with themselves. A fan of any team is never truly 100% honest. There's always some sort of optimism there. But the Packers realize that with their roster, with you know the cap hurdles that they're in, even with the cap increasing, I think, $16 million, they'd still be up against it and resigning key players trying to get free agents over there. So they realize that, hey, this team with Aaron Rodgers, 
last year. Went eight and nine. Eight and nine. Now, can they improve with, you know, an added year of chemistry between Rodgers and Watson and Dobbs? Sure. But I think the Packers, again, are being honest here and looking at this roster and saying, is our roster as good as the Niners roster? I think they go, no. No, it just, it's not there yet. And they look at it, what's another team? Oh, the Eagles. The Eagles are another great team. Oh, are we there yet? No, we got, like, ran up and down the field against the Eagles earlier. No, we're not there yet. So those are the two top teams in the NFC that you're going to have to go through if you're not part of that team to get to the Super Bowl, I think, in years to come. Both teams with good head coaches, very strong rosters, and every other team in the NFC is a step behind. And to me, Green Bay's case, two or three steps behind the fact that they had a losing record, didn't make the playoffs. They are being very real. If they don't care about what Aaron Rodgers feels right now, I think they've cared in the past. Obviously, they don't want to do him too dirty, but they've had enough of Aaron Rodgers. And I'm here for it. I think the Packers are making a tremendous, I guess, uh, this is an informed decision thinking that they are going to trade him, but I think the Packers are very wise, very smart to be strongly considering this, where in years past it's just been maybe a rumor. But to me, this is a big deal. So now it really is going to come down to Aaron Rodgers' decision because if he decides to retire, then, of course, nothing happens with Green Bay. They can't trade him. Obviously, Jordan loves the guy in. That stage is done, but if Aaron Rodgers decides that he does want to play football and is the other decision, it makes it seem like, hey, he'll come back. You know, he loves the game. He'll play for whoever, if it's, I think, a strong roster for him. Jamal Williams on Good Morning Football talked about the New York Jets. That's been a team heavily linked in, even before Nathaniel Hackett was hired as the OC there. Jamal Williams, of course, spoke glowingly about Nathaniel Hackett and just how much of a player's coach he is. Great guy. So I do think, as Jamal Williams said, Nathaniel Hackett is a great offensive coordinator. Great mind there to have maybe the coach, head coach was in his role, but he'll be a good offensive coordinator. So we talked about that. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers has this decision to make. I strongly believe he is going to return for another season. And I think the Packers are going to open up the doors to trade talks and things are going to become more official. But I do think, I haven't said this a lot on my podcast, but I'll publicly say it is, I think this NFL offseason is going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm already, I'm, to me, I'm more excited about post-Super Bowl uh, NFL free agency and draft than I'm about the Super Bowl. Usually I'm not like that in years past. It wasn't like that last year or really in, in the other year. This to me is the first time where I'm like, uh, let me fast forward to March, please. And I want to know who's going where and what trades are going to happen because uh, last year the NFL free agency was great. I think this one's going to follow it up with just another great run of trades and players going elsewhere. I think it's, I think it's going to be fantastic. So we'll see where Aaron Rodgers goes. I have a strong belief that he will return and the Packers will trade him. 
again, he's kind of confirmed that, that the Packers are exploring those conversations. And when you do it without someone, they're, they're looking to get rid of you. Next up, Chiefs-Eagles. Let's preview the Super Bowl. Two underlying storylines. You have Andy Reid versus former team. Andy Reid was the head coach of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles for 14 years before he was the head coach of his now Chiefs, which he's been a head coach for 10 years. He did not win any Super Bowls with the Eagles, came close, lost in the Super Bowl. To the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, lost many eight NFC Championship games with the great Donovan McNabb and the great team they had there. Andy Reid has won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, so I think that's going to be a surprising, you know, emotional game for Andy Reid considering, you know, when you go back to the team, it's play them and regular season, which he has before. It is different, but I think for a magnitude of this game, the Super Bowl uh, game he's coached it before for that team, I do think that's going to be a little little emotional for him. And then you also have the Kelsey Bowl. You have Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs, Jason Kelsey for the Eagles. Both players have said that their mom can't lose this game. Jason said he's no longer a Chiefs fan for the rest of the season. And I'm giving Jason the slight, the slight edge because Jason Kelsey is definitely more, more business-like, uh, where Travis definitely more emotional. I, as he said, there's not going to be as many as much trash talking uh, this game, but I do think it. You know, Travis doesn't have a great deal of emotion playing against his older brother, who he looks up to in this upcoming Super Bowl matchup. But again, Jason Kelsey is all business-like, and you look at this team who is second in sacks this year in the regular season. They were good at getting after the quarterback, not great at stopping the run. Now you have them facing the Eagles, who are very, very balanced. So that's, to me, one of two key X factors. It's this offensive line versus defensive line. Is If Jalen Hurts has a clean pocket to throw the football and they have time to run, it could be a very long day for the Chiefs' defense. Uh, if they can't get home with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. They're not playing up against backup offensive linemen anymore. They're just not. To me, they're playing up against arguably the best right tackle in the game, Lane Johnson, and the best center of the game in Jason Kelsey. This offensive line is a unit, a great unit. So that, to me, is the first big X factor. It's the Chiefs D-line versus the Kansas City, or versus the Eagles, O-line, are they going to be able to generate pressure? The Chiefs have just played in the playoffs two, you know, bad O-lines. The Bengals were a better O-line, decimated by injuries. Three offensive linemen there. Starters gone. They were able to have a field day. Jaguars didn't have a great offensive line this year. So now they're facing up against a real one that could really quiet Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Then the second bigger overarching storyline is this Eagles defense versus Chiefs offense. And the Eagles defense has been great this year. They have been athletic. They've been able to get after the quarter, quarterback. Hassan Reddick has been great. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, the secondary. It's a stout unit, much like the Niners, going up against this Chiefs offense. 
But to me, the Eagles have a slight edge in this department. Why? Because the Eagles have faced the 49ers who have faced Kansas City in the regular season. So I think they can use a lot of film from that game and say, hey, what do we like? What can we do? Whereas, you know, to operate against the 49ers defense because, you know, uh, the San Francisco 49ers put 30-plus up, but the Chiefs scored 41 on that on that Chiefs de- or on that 49ers defense. So Eagles defense is like, hey, what can we do? What can we glean? Whereas the Chiefs don't have that much to learn from, you know, the way the Niners played the Eagles because he had two backup quarterbacks. So much change uh, that it was kind of, you know, it's not a great game-planning lesson there. Uh, so I think the Super Bowl is going to be great. I'll have an official prediction probably next week who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. But right now, Eagles are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I, I like that spread. I do think the Eagles deserve to be the early favorite. Uh, my early leaning indications, just quick preview of this game, kind of surface level so far, not deep diving, is just watching. I like Philly. I do think it's respectable to have Philly there. I think outside of quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, obviously Jalen Hurts. I think the rest goes to the Eagles. You look at the run game, obviously Philly was one of the best rushing teams this year. You look at weapons, outside of Travis Kelsey, who else is going to be healthy for the Chiefs and ready to go? Hardman, Juju, you know, Sky Moore, don't inspire the confidence in me. Like uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Uh, Quez Watkins, they just don't. And then defense, to me, defensive line, secondary, all that, clearly favors the Eagles over Kansas City. So I like the one-and-a-half-point favorite. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, again, I like the like the Eagles so far. But what's next for a team that lost to the Eagles? The San Francisco 49ers. They got some big news yesterday that Brock Purdy is out with a torn UCL for up to six months. He's getting a second evaluation. He is doesn't want surgery. The 49ers urged it. He's going to get a second opinion. It could be Tommy John, which is a pitcher surgery, which you're out at least a year. So very crazy injury that happened. That's, to me, the biggest question mark right now with the 49ers is a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. Josh Johnson has a concussion. He's a 15-year journeyman. He's not going to be the guy. Brock Purdy, torn UCL. Trey Lance, uh, I believe, has had like two or three ankle surgeries. It's not healing right. That's a weird thing. So now the obvious question is this. The question everybody's been asking is, is Tom Brady in play? And if I'm the 49ers, there has to be some conversations there. I think if Tom Brady wants to play, you certainly reach out to him. You have to entertain the possibility of getting Tom Brady on your team. Because you look at the quarterbacks on your roster right now, the one obviously leaving probably in Jimmy G, but the two with major, major injuries and really the health of them, you want your guys there for OTAs, for training camp, uh, especially these young guys or a new player. I think Tom Brady, again, has to be possibly, if this was one of the things I was talking about last year I wanted, 
was Tom Brady to the 49ers. I think this would be a match made in heaven. I do think the Niners would have to get probably draft another offensive lineman to kind of beef up here outside of Trent Williams. They have four solid guys, but not four great guys. I think you have to at least draft some. But I think you look at this defense, the Niners, this would probably be one of the best defenses he's ever had in his career if the talent stays there. And then weapons. You look at Kittle, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, weapons galore with Kyle Shanahan as a head coach. I think this would be mutually beneficial for both teams if Tom Brady wants to go back out on top. This is the move to make for him. If Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, the Niners want to add another Super Bowl, this is a quick fix. Let's try to get it right now. And I think it also provides you with one piece invaluable. No, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance ain't going to be upset if the GOAT came in to start. I really, it's like, hey, let's learn from a GOAT. You know, he's not going to be there four or five years if this is a one-year thing. Let me take what I can to learn from Tom Brady. What can I do better? Just, you know, Brock Purdy, the last few games, he was holding on the ball a bit too long, wasn't making great decisions, looked like a seventh-round pick. I'm sorry. And then... Trey Lance, we haven't seen much from him. Can he improve? So I think, again, this would be a mutually beneficial, great move for both player and team. Again, to me, that's a move you have to suggest because the team set up to face the Eagles again in another NFC Championship game next year if you have the quarterback right, all dependent on the quarterback. So when you talk about the quarterbacks to lead your team to the Super Bowl, you've got Jalen Hurts, you've got... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Does Brock Purdy belong with those names? Does Trey Lance? I don't think it does. Now, if you're to throw Tom Brady there, now that's a real conversation. So that, to me, is very an interesting move. But, again, I think both player and team should be seriously considering. Now, what's next for the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, they have quite a bit of room in cap space, so the next thing is re-sign key free agents. Uh, Jesse Bates uh, is a free agent. They have quite a few. Joe, Joe Burrow's up for a contract extension. So that large cap room that they have, T. Higgins as well, contract extension. So to me, the key is to re-sign your key free agents. I don't think you'll be able to re-sign all of them. You're going to have to pick and choose, hey, which player do I want here? Uh, value here, which player will have to look out for a cheaper replacement in free agency or via the draft. So that's a big part next for the Bengals in terms of how are we going to continue to play in these AFC Championship games, compete for them. So that's a key thing. The other key thing is probably, hopefully, the O-line doesn't get injured in the playoffs again. I mean, just absolutely decimated. You know, they spend a whole year rebuilding the offensive line through a free agency. They get four new starters. They gel for, you know, really the second half of the season. And then the wheels fall off, like, week 17, week 18, and the three of them can't play the playoff run. The whole right side of the line is gone, and that's really where Chris Jones dominated was when he lined up at, you know, left end to go up against the right tackle. Sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles. And, unfortunately, for Joe Burrow, 
he was a cookie, and he crumbled because the offensive line just couldn't hold up. Uh, when you go out and sign big money to Lyle Collins, right tackle, Alex Kappa, right guard, and center Ted Karras, uh, you expect him to start uh, well. Um, then you sign left tackle, uh, what was his name, Jonah William, Jonah Jackson. So you, when your left tackle's out that game, your right tackle, your right guard, that hurts, and then your center is playing on like a bum knee. So doesn't help. So hopefully you get to this point next year, and hopefully your offensive line is good to where Joe Burrow's not under duress again because the Chiefs saw the issue, or the Bengals saw the issue. They addressed the need. They got it, worked out for the second half of the season, and then fell apart due to injury. But Bengals just have to re-sign those key free agents. O-line doesn't get injured in the playoffs again. And I'll, maybe I'll just throw this out there, too, because I want this to happen. I don't publicly say this on my podcast because I don't think it will happen. But it's just like, that would be dope. And me, me and my brother thought this, and it's, you have T. Higgins, who's up for a contract extension, who's going to want some money. And you have a lot of commentators... Players think that T. Higgins in a system outside of Jamar Chase could be a one. So we think, why not trade T. Higgins in some draft capital to the Minnesota Vikings for Justin Jefferson? The reason we say this, of course, is because Justin Jefferson played with LSU, won a national championship with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. You have the LSU trio on there. That would obviously wreck the league. Uh, that might be the greatest wide receiver duo of all time if we were to hold up on the same NFL team. Considering just how great they were in college, it's how do you game plan really against that? And then the other factor is, does Justin Jefferson want to stay in Minnesota? He said, you know, if I'm here, they want me here, I'm here. Uh, it's not, you know, the greatest promises Rocket would say in in-game as far as promises go. That one kind of sucks. Uh, not really a great vote of confidence for Justin Jefferson. I do think he wants to win championships in his career, win Super Bowls. And I think he knows, with Kirk, uh, deep down he knows with Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, it ain't just going to happen. It's not. So that's just the idea we float around. Is it going to happen? No. Would it be great? Yes. So that's just what we got. Next up, Cowboys fire offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Now this one to me, this one was very surprising that the Cowboys fired him to begin with. You know, they said it was a mutual part of ways, but it was really uh, – just a firing is what it was. And to me, it was very uh, surprising because the Cowboys' offense has been great the past four years under Kellen Moore. Four years, he has had second in points per game, his offense, and second in yards per game. The first in that same span is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, now would you mention the Cowboys' offense in the same breath as the Kansas City offense? No. But that's how prolific the Cowboys' offense were. And 17 of those games have been without Dak Prescott. They've been with Cooper Rush. So I think Kellen Moore is great. I think this is a dumb move on the part of Jerry Jones and the Cowboys organization, trying to deflect the blame off Dak 
to someone else who's just been great. Again, second in points and yards, fourth and third down percentage of 44, which is almost an absurd clip. It's really good. It's like banking on almost you're going to get a first the first down on your third down every other third down. So that's another great step. And I think Kellen Moore is going to be great with this offense because he's basically upgrading an offense. Justin Herbert is an upgrade over Dak Prescott, so he gets to work with a better quarterback. Offensive line, when healthy to me, are about the same. They went out and got a left tackle in the draft who was good, who didn't play a lot this year. They got a center, so their offenses, offensive lines are similar. They got a better running back in Austin Eckler than Tony Pollard or Zeke. And in the weapons, give me White, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter over CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, Michael Gallup. He's, he's going to have a great time with this offense. So uh, Dak Prescott, those turnovers are him, those interceptions, those forced fumbles. So the Chargers offense uh, was good last year, ranked 10th. I, again, think the bigger issue was Brandon Staley and just how trash of a head coach he is. Uh, again, offensive coordinators can't mask all the problems. Uh, but I do think Kellen Moore is a great hire for the uh, the Chargers. And I think it hurts the uh, Dallas Cowboys in the long run, considering they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Mike McCarthy's talked about calling plays, but he hasn't called plays in a long time, so uh, it's very interesting. And when he has called plays, it's not been great outside of those first few years with the Green Bay Packers. Of course, had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, so can't go wrong calling those plays. So that's a big one there. Then another topic I just feel like I'll add in now. It's a Pro Bowl. A Pro Bowl is more like the Sad Bowl. It's uh, it's not good. I think the Pro Bowl should be abolished, uh, or they should adopt the one thing that the NBA actually does better. But one thing the NBA does better than the NFL is its All Star game. It happens middle of the season. It's a one week break practically with the you know Thursday to Tuesday uh, All Star games. You know, dunk contest, all that, and then the game itself, which has another new iteration this year, which looks fantastic. Considering the Pro Bowl, which doesn't is not great because it's right the week before the Super Bowl, after the championship game weekends, no one really cares about it, and you have the top players from the two teams in the Super Bowl not playing in it because they don't want to get hurt or do anything for the Super Bowl. And then you have players that have been hurt already near the end of the season not playing. So for the AFC, you have your top quarterbacks not playing in it. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like I said, he's starting the Super Bowl. He won't play. Josh Allen is not playing in it because of his elbow. Tua because of a concussion. Justin Herbert for his shoulder. And Lamar Jackson for his knee. And Bur- Burrow also said he's not going to be out sad about losing the AFC Championship game, which I get. So you have your top NFL and AFC quarterbacks not playing in it due to those reasons. So what do the lineup we get if we tune in to watch it? We get Tyler Huntley, who only threw two touchdown passes this year. You get Derek Carr, who 
didn't even finish a season with the Raiders. They sat him because they don't want him. And then Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. But that's that's sad. That's pathetic. NFL needs a better look for the Pro Bowl. It's either let's adopt the NFL, let's put it in near the middle of the season, uh, you know, mid, I'd probably say around the 10-11 game mark. Let's have a bye week that week. Nobody will play extra rest for the backups, but hey, we're going to have everybody play in it, do the All-Star games and all that, the Pro Bowl games, all that good stuff. Let's make it more fun for the league, something more enjoyable where people want to tune in and watch because right now it's it's ugly. Ain't nobody want to watch that. Ain't nobody got time for the Pro Bowl watching Tyler Huntley and the Bums, Bum Squad play. Not a good look. So, you have that. Now the last thing I want to talk about was in regards to the NBA. I haven't talked about the NBA much just because there's been so much going on with the NFL. The focus is on the NFL. NFL, of course, is also the most popular sport in America by a wide, wide margin after recent kind of surveys that were conducted about American household sports viewership. But I will talk about this one because I do love watching LeBron James play. And it's not about him breaking the scoring record, which is due very soon, but it is in reaction to LeBron against the Celtics, in which an obvious foul was missed when he went up to drive the ball at the end of the game to win the game. He was fouled by Jason Tatum. He had an all-time classic reaction. He was holding his hand. He was on the ground kneeling. He was upset about the call. He was distraught. So Chandler Parsons, if you don't know Chandler Parsons, he is a certified bum uh, who, you know, it's funny. You watch LeBron play the game of basketball, and then you watch Chandler Parsons, and it's like one doesn't know what they're doing uh, being Chandler Parsons. He's never a great uh, NFL or NBA player. Was on the Dallas Mavericks for his longest best stint, but again, wasn't great. So... He had to, you know, he's never liked LeBron. He's had his spats with him in the past. But Chandler Parsons, you know, obviously didn't like LeBron uh, on the ground. You know, say what you were whining about the missed call or throwing a temper, temper tantrum, whatever you want to say. Chandler Parsons went on about his Oscar-winning performance that he gave on the ground. Obviously, it was an Oscar-winning because he wasn't awarded a foul. So that's Chandler Parsons' first thing wrong. But Ben Chandler Parsons said that he wouldn't react that way even if his dog were to have died by being run over by a mailman. I'm sorry. What kind of sick man is Chandler Parsons? First off, I just want to say I feel so sorry for Chandler Parsons' dog. I really do. Uh, My heart goes out. I think, you know, PETA should obviously check on the welfare of Chandler Parsons' dog. Because if it was me, if I saw not just my dog, if I saw any animal get run over by a mailman on purpose, if I'm out on the street and I see an animal run over, I don't care if it's a dog, squirrel, I see an animal get run over, I'll be upset about it. I'm going to be upset. And obviously... 
Chandler Parsons doesn't love animals. I don't know why he would say that. Obviously, on the All the Smoke podcast with Stax and Matt Barnes, he's just looking to trend and get a reaction. Obviously, that worked for him. But Chandler Parsons, again, is no love of dogs. Let me repeat that. That's abundantly clear. And, obviously, Chandler Parsons never acted like that in a game because he was never one of the greatest of all times. He never put in the work that LeBron has had. He's never been as great for an ounce of his career as LeBron has. So it means more to LeBron than Chandler Parsons and a lot of other people. I'll leave it at that. I could go into Chandler Parsons in his not loving dogs for a long while. I'll spare you on that. You can have your own reaction on that. But uh, if I was somebody, I'd remove a dog from Chandler Parsons' house. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all later. Maybe, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers update soon. Super Bowl coming up. It's going to be great. Great February coming up. Talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.